Next on BYU Sports Nation, expectations overhaul for BYU football. Is the sky falling? Doom and gloom? Take a breath. BYU's second biggest player, Kyrus Tongan, is transferred from Utah. And why his teammates have called him Bobby Boucher? <laughs> Plus the radio voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, on what his adjusted expectations are for the Cougars. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We are live. BYU Sports Nation, back to work. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, September 13th, wherever and however you're dialed in, it's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with future New York cabbie, Jerem Jordan. Probably not, but my uncle tells this fun story of a friend of his who went to New York. So he got in a cab, and the cabbie proceeds to tell him this story. So the other day, I was driving my cab, and alongside my cab, a dog comes up to me, licked my hand, and it warmed me. (laughs) You don't see that kind of unconditional love in the world these days. (laughs) To which the friend was like, okay, that's cool. Then they pull up to the stoplight, and the guy loved his story so much, he's, like, looking out the window. Hey, you! The other day, a dog came up to my cab, licked my hand, and it warmed me! So when we're, like, bored in our office and we're just, like, quiet, we'll just yell, A dog licked my hand, and it warmed me! Yeah. Where is that dog now after the loss to Utah? Where is the dog Probably playing for the Jets because they have plenty of losses. That is the perfect New York cabbie story. Like that, you could not script a better story from like like, prototypical cab driver. What happened? Why are you telling? In Brooklyn. As a mutual friend of ours sometimes says, oh, that's cool. I don't remember asking you about that. (laughs) (laughs) You know who you are. Everybody needs to hear that story. (laughs) I love that he was sincere in that moment, though. Like, there, he totally... It warmed me! Yes. <laughs> a dog needs to lick Tana Mangum's ankle and warm him. <laughs> it's man's best friend for yeah. several reasons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've worked on that accent as well. That's, that's pretty good. Warmed. It's pretty good, man. Warmed? <laughs> <Yeah>. Warmed. <laughs> the other one is when you're discussing the New York Jets. Oh, yeah. Open yeah. with the Patriots. That's a loss. That is a loss. <laughs> That is a loss. Week six at Buffalo, that is a loss as well. Yeah. Hey, warm this with some headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. BYU football staring down 10th-ranked Wisconsin on Saturday afternoon in front of a nationally televised audience. Head coach Kalani Satake understandably had a few things to say about facing Wisconsin. Yeah, a lot of fun and, and a, a power run team, you know. So, uh, big boys. They they they, um, they they got a lot of size up front on D line and O line, and they like to run the ball. So, I think their starting running back got 200 yards last week, and the backup had 100. So it's it's good. It's a good uh, system that they run. Last night on BYU football with Kalani Satake in Studio C, you notice his voice is a little bit hoarse. Yeah, he said he had been singing a lot. <laughs> Trust me, he's whipping those guys into shape. Absolutely. No one's no one's getting warmed. 
There are no dogs there licking no, the hands no, of the BYU no football players. No dogs licking the BYU football players' hands. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Former BYU linebacker Kava Inouye. He's getting paid. Dinner is on Kyle. We weren't joking the other day. We found out that his signing bonus, $3.5 million. King! After a two-year extension with the New England Patriots. Wow. Man. Congratulations to Kyle. He, the think about his life the last year and a half. One, he was living in Detroit. Two, he was playing for the Lions. Not playing. Not playing. But playing for the Lions. And kind of unhealthy or whatever. And then he said it's a make or break year. He gets traded. And boom, goes to Dynamite. Wins a Super Bowl. In the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. Signs a two-year contract extension with the best team in football that has a signing bonus of $3.5 million. Yeah, life is good for KBN. Yeah. It's, man, it's really unfortunate that the Patriots just uh, can't get much going. They lost that Boston first game. in general. It's oh, just so since rough. the 1700s. So rough as a sports tough. fan in Boston. Yeah. yeah. Maverick Buffo named a Baseball America's rookie-level all-star team after finishing the season with a 5-1 and one record. .53 earned run average, Woo! 36 strikeouts in 34 innings pitch. He also earned recognition as a minor league player of the month for August. Congratulations to Maverick. This is for a late round pick. Like, what was it, 37, 39? 38th? Wow. Yeah. Wow. He's going he's gonna to be balling out uh, next year for sure. BYU women's golf finished 11th at the Minnesota Invitational. Kendra Dalton led the team at one over, tied for 26th. Well done, Kendra. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Expectations overhaul. I understand that quite a few of you, after BYU's very slow start, particularly on offense and a loss to Utah, are reeling and wondering, what now? Is there any hope for BYU football? Where did the Cougars go from here? The frustration for BYU football is not limited to its fan base. How about Paul Meyerberg from USA Today calling BYU the third most disappointing team of the college football season thus far? And I quote, the Cougars offense is a disgrace, end quote. Hey, so far, I, I wouldn't use the word disgrace, but yeah, it's not been uh, good at all. In fact, it's been bad. It's been bad. Sports Illustrated. SI.com does not include BYU in their recent bowl projections. Come on, man. Maybe they forgot because BYU didn't have time or whatever. (laughs) I know that it has not been good. Yeah, it's been bad through three games. But really, looking at that schedule, BYU not a bowl team? Good gravy. Yet, that... That is the expectation of at least SI.com and their poll of bowl projectors. A little bit of a knee-jerk reaction? You decide and answer today's Twitter question. Yeah, who's the jerk now? How have your expectations for the 2017 BYU football season changed? Use the hashtag BYUSN at John Wingsgard. No, record is right where I thought we'd be, but it's the manner of the losing and winning. Really inept offense, and that is worrisome. That's I would a agree fair with- tweet. Okay, okay. I thought that BYU would beat Utah, though. At home, BYU played poorly on offense. That was a winnable game, okay? In fact, we said that of the Furious Five, Utah and Boise State were the top two most winnable games. Correct. Okay? That was a game you needed to get because now you're staring down the barrel of one and three. Wisconsin's a 17-point favorite against BYU this week. That doesn't mean BYU can't win that game, but 
Tanner Mangum's not 100%. Even if Tanner Mangum's 100%, the way the offense has been playing, you don't feel great going into that game. Okay, 33 points for BYU combined in the first three weeks of the season. They might yes. need that much Saturday to win. I know they played LSU, a really good defense. Chattanooga scored 10 points in Baton Rouge yeah. on LSU. Yeah, Chattanooga scored 10 points, so we're like, uh, yeah. You're Hiding. Yeah, like, like, Homer Simpson, yeah, Homer Simpson like, dis- back into disappearing the Disappearing into the leaves. bushes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know that the competition has been really tough. BYU, and Kalani Satake has said it, we're better than that on offense, and it's frustrating for me. Yeah. We will figure this out. We need to figure this out. Oh, they'll be better. Going forward. Not hard to be worse, right? But that said, we've seen three games. How have your expectations changed? Okay. And, and here's the thing. Yeah. I know I joked. Like, the sky is falling. Doom and gloom. There's no hope for BYU football. BYU has been in this scenario more than fans like to admit but yet they typically finish strong. Yeah, because you're not playing LSU, Utah, and Wisconsin in November. Yeah. The front, it's front-loaded. It's front-loaded. So BYU, okay, since 06, BYU started one and two six times. Four wow. of those times, they won nine games, including last year. BYU started one and three, don't forget. Zero losing seasons, went to bowl games in all these years, finished ranked in three of those seasons. I don't think BYU is finishing ranked. I, I don't know that BYU is going to win ten games in the regular season per se. But I could see somewhere between eight and nine. Now, eight and five in the regular season would be a step backwards. Wait, why, Jerem? Why would eight and five be a step backwards? Because BYU won nine games total last and year. And they eight have in the regular an extra season. game this season. Yeah, you need to get to nine in the regular season and try and get ten in the bowl game. That's the kind of minimum threshold for forward progress, right, if you will. Um, here's the thing, though. BYU's going to a bowl game. There are too many bad teams on the back end. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Anybody that doesn't think BYU is not – the defense alone will get BYU to a bowl game. Okay, what's Tanner Mangum's status? That changes things, right? If Depending on – is he 100 – he's not going to be 100%, okay? Is he good to go in a couple of weeks? Like, let's say let's say if, if it's bad, Tanner Mangum doesn't play against Wisconsin, but he does play against Utah State. That will have been 20 days between starts. Would that be enough to get I, – I, I don't know. We'll see. But the offense needs to crank it up, and then nine wins is possible. Um, now, remember, last year we were having the same discussion through three games. What's up with the offense? BYU was one in three through the first four last year. Yes, and then games four and five happened, which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. In games four and five against West Virginia and Toledo last season, BYU scored a combined 87 points. 32 and then 55. BYU with Taysom Hill what? and Jamal Williams scored 14 points against the powerhouse UCLA in a home loss. People were wigging after that game. Yes. BYU had seven points with three minutes to play in the game. They should be, though. Like, it, why would you be like, yeah, everything's great? We had seven points for 58 minutes. It's of not this game. great. Yeah. My point is. Sometimes really bad games happen. Slow starts happen. Well, it's happening a lot. With Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams, how many points did BYU score against Arizona in the season opener? 16. How many did they score against Utah? 18. 18 and then 19. Yeah, it's even lower this year, which is a bummer. Uh, But listen. It was 16, 19, and 
14 in yeah. the first three games yeah. with Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams. You hope Tanner Mangum's okay and he plays Saturday and he's not 100%, but he can do his thing and BYU's offense is better. But if not, Bo Hodge has got to be ready, right? If Bo Hodge is the guy for a little while, and who knows where we're going. It's been 665 days since Hodge last played for BYU on what? Saturday. What? 665 days, bro. There are a lot of questions about the offense right now. To me, not beating Utah and Tanner Mangum's status, those, to me, I, I thought that 9-4 uh, and four was the possibility. I'm, I'm probably looking at 8-5 and five as the realistic regular season record at this point for me, which, which would be a bummer. You hope to get to 9 in the bowl game, and then you go from there and you assess kind of where you're at. But listen, injuries to important people – those have affected BYU in a huge way because the depth just isn't there at those certain positions to make up for that stuff. Obviously, Taysom Hill's career defined by injuries. At Melocopter with this tweet, and I'm paraphrasing, we call it the Furious Five for a reason. Yes. Now, if BYU doesn't beat Wisconsin, at Mississippi State's a tough game. You're trying to get Boise State. That is at least the one win. Keep your eyes you on Mississippi State this weekend. They host LSU. Well, 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 Spencer. Mm, interesting game in the SEC yeah. to open up conference play for both of those teams. It's certainly a challenge right now. If the offense wakes up, you always got a shot in any game they play because this defense is good. In fact, I'm thinking there's probably only one team all year that gets over 30 against BYU's defense. And because of that... My expectations haven't changed that much. Okay, so you thought 10 wins in the regular season preseason. B- because I are thought you... BYU would beat Utah. I thought, yeah. ah, So are you home. down to nine since BYU didn't get that? That was a, that was a win I that thought your they expectation? would get. So my expectation is down one win because okay. the defense will still be really good. Sure. And the offense, you would think, will get better like it did last year after a very slow start. So you're thinking BYU beats Boise State probably. At home. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're hoping to be competitive in the game at the end with Wisconsin and Mississippi State. I'm thinking, jury's out on Mississippi State, okay? Still. We'll find out a lot about them against LSU on jury, Saturday. Jury is not out on Wisconsin. They are top 10 and a 17-point fave. Like, they are really good. If BYU could pull off the win Saturday, it would be one of the biggest wins in program. You know what's funny? Week to week, football fans <laughs> react very strongly, right? If BYU beats Wisconsin... Ten wins is back on, baby. Right? I would scream that, yeah. If you can beat a top ten team, why couldn't you beat uh, everybody else? Coming up, he's not Mo Longy, Jaron, but he's still impressive. First media interview with the big man in the middle, Kyrus Tonga. But first, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, joins us live in Studio B. How has he altered his expectations, given what's happened? Or has he? Maybe he hasn't. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation is bumping right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN. You can dive into our conversation anytime you feel like it. It's like an L.A. freeway. It's bumping right now. Mm. Behind the mic is on tonight at 8 Eastern time on BYU Radio and the app with Greg Rubel. This is This is... Quite possibly the greatest show in the history of radio. Listen to this guest line. Okay. Robbie Bosco. Yeah. Mark Wilson. Bang. Luke Staley. Winner. Whoa. Whoa. Check it out tonight. All three of those guys, amazing players, they wore the number six, and it's being retired Saturday. 
And Gregor Bell chats with those guys. Check it out tonight on BYU Radio. I sent out a poll question all of 25 minutes ago. 168 votes in on this. Following a 1-2 and two start, how many regular season games out of 13 will BYU football win in 2017? 39% of you, that is the leading vote-getter, say 8 wins. 23% say 7 wins or less. The question is, does BYU beat Boise State at home? <sighs> you get that one, you got a chance to go <laughs> north of 7, which I think will happen. Are BYU fans ready to throw in the towel on potential of winning nine games this season? I, we need we need the season to play out more. Exactly. We're barely into this. Let, it's not even a quarter. There are 13 games. Oh, how have your expectations changed for the 2017 BYU football season? That is our Twitter question today, at Melman Mark. None. Ty Detmer's offense requires muscle memory. Stay the course. Great things are ahead. Health matters, too. That it does. Yeah. As you mentioned, Jaron, behind the mic tonight on BYU Radio is going to be bumping a number six special with Robbie Bosco, Mark Wilson, and Luke Staley. And on to preview that show and talk about some other very interesting things, I'm sure, is the man, the myth, the legend, Greg Rebell, who actually got to call three goals in the first half on Monday for a BYU women's soccer team. After calling three goals through six matches, three goals in about uh, you know 30 minutes it was. Yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> That's nice. Hopefully it's a sign of things to come for BYU football as well. Yeah, uh, good to be on with you, Spencer, and with uh, Gilbert Gottfried as well here. Uh... <laughs> Today's open was rather epic. <laughs> the dog licked my hand, oh, and yeah. it warmed and it warmed me. Yeah. I'm molting! There you go. <laughs> well played, Greg. There you go. Well played, Well, man. thanks for coming on, man. It was great yeah. to see you. <laughs> okay, we've been talking expectations, okay? One and two, this is the thing BYU's done seven of the last 12 seasons. They're playing tough schedules. Unfortunately, it's kind of a reality of the situation. What were your expectations before the season, and have those been adjusted based on the start and kind of the offensive play? Yeah, I I think uh, I was uh, uh, very positive and optimistic in my preseason assessments, perhaps overly so. We'll tell at the end of September. But I thought a three and two or four and one month were possible. And uh, and I think right now uh, uh, those those chances, certainly the four and one, is out the window. Um, and, you know, if, if Wisconsin were to beat BYU this Saturday, it wouldn't be an unexpected result, and you'd be right where you were last year. BYU was 1-3, having just lost to West Virginia. And what did they do? They went on, got a nice run, and put themselves in nine-win territory by the end of the year. So, uh, you know, this, this season schedule is a little bit different, uh, the way it, it, it uh, progresses in October November. But, again, if, if they were to find themselves in a similar situation, hope wouldn't be a loss because we just saw recently, last season, what they did. And again, things do ease up in November, so uh, I think expectations should be at least bowl game and win bowl game. You know, in terms of what number that ends up being by the end of the year, seven, eight, nine, whatever. Get to bowl game, win bowl game, and those are reasonable expectations today. I think. Yeah. If for some reason Tanner Mangum cannot play this Saturday, what do you expect from a guy like Bo Hodge if he is required to step in and face the number ten team in the country? Different scenario, but uh, Mark Wilson back in 1977, which puts us, what, 40 years ago, I guess? Oh, wow. Uh, Gifford Nielsen had gotten off to a tremendous start to the year and, uh, and got hurt in game four, I think it was. And Mark Wilson came in having never started a game before. And uh, what they did that week was fashion the playbook. In fact, it, Mark tells, tells the story. Uh, Doug Scoville, the offense coordinator, Doug Scoville said, uh, here's the playbook. Um, sticky note, if they had those, sticky note the plays you like. And Mark Wilson ended up sticky noting all the rollouts. 
And uh, and Scoble said, I see that you've kind of favored the rollouts here. <laughs> That's kind of how I like to play. I like to play on the run. And so they, they basically went with a rollout heavy offense in that first week, just playing to his strengths. And so while it's not an identical situation, um, you know, ideally, uh, you know, if, if they have to go a different direction, you know, they fashion the offense. They tailor it for what Bo would do well. And mobility is one of Bo's strengths. Mark had the greatest Single first start in BYU history. First seven start, and he touchdowns. throws seven touchdowns against Colorado State. The next game, he throws six picks, and BYU oh. still won. BYU still won that game, ten seven. If you go back to the, <laughs> if you go back to the seventies, it's fun. If you go back to the seventies and take a look at the week by week turnover numbers, they were just ridiculous. I mean, th- those they were a cost of doing business. When BYU yes. was throwing it as much as it was back then, that was just the way. You, and and they won with three and four and five and six turnover games all the time. Turnover numbers were huge back then. It was just the way, you know, Ty threw a ton of picks, but he threw even more touchdowns. That was just the way it was. Yeah. The running back situation on Saturday is interesting for a couple of reasons. Because of the ties that Ula Tolotel has to the University of Wisconsin, originally committed there out of high school, to Gary Anderson. Gary leaves for Oregon State, comes to BYU to play for Kalani Satake, and now Coach Satake says essentially he's the guy. What kind of expectation is fair for Ula Tolotel, who we're not sure is 100% against yeah. that Wisconsin front? Yeah, so for that reason, I don't know what is fair to say what, what the expectations are, because if he were full go 100%, uh, he's your workhorse, and I say let's give him you know, 20 carries, 20, 25 carries, and let it roll. But uh, you know, seeing as after he scored the touchdown, he had just one carry in the final 25 minutes of the game, we are probably bringing him along a little more slowly. So you could still see a committee approach until and if he gets full go, but I think it'd be fun to see him at full go, wouldn't it? I mean, just, just the burst he gave BYU in the four or five plays he ran, uh, something different was happening there, and that was exciting. Thomas Shelf was interviewed yesterday, or two days ago in the you know, press conference, and when he was, when Ula Tolotau was mentioned, he just lit up. He just got excited, so let's see what Ula can do. Now, now offensively, BYU has struggled. If, if a different quarterback's in there, I don't think anyone cares right now who it is. Just that offense happens at this point, right? Uh, it, it's got it. You know, something has to uh, improve uh, in the attack, and however it happens, just let it happen. And uh, you know, because the numbers right now are not sustainable. You're not going to you know be the eight nine win team you hope to be if you still languish in those in those current rankings by the end of the year. Of course, schedules played a lot into it. Um, with the last two weeks and two excellent defenses, they'll probably be two. You know, probably maybe the two best defenses BYU sees this year. Uh, tough to tell what we can expect from Mississippi State yet, and and uh, and Boise has always been stout. But you know, I, I think the numbers again at, through three games are just a, t- a tad skewed because of the caliber of offense. It's it's much easier to tell nine or ten games in, you know, where the real BYU offense is. But I, I don't think anybody over there would say that what you know is happening right now is long term sustainable. Yeah, we asked Robert and I in, I can't even remember what year it was, 2015 or something, 2014 maybe, how long it takes for you to feel like you know what you have with the offense. He said six games. Mm. We're only three through. Do you think that Wisconsin is better than LSU? How do you see it? Uh, I can't say yet. Uh, it, you know, they're, they're, they're a top 20 team in scoring offense and scoring defense. They ran for 357 last week. Uh, they stopped the run. They were only allowing about uh, what, 95 yards a game on the ground, and BYU's running for about 75 a game on the ground. So uh, Wisconsin looks uh, legit. I, I don't know if, if, if they have a Darius Geis, but they may have two guys that between the two of them are just as good uh, than, than Darius. I mean, you know, they had got to run for 200-plus two, last week, Jonathan Taylor. And that's, and that's a freshman. That's a true freshman running for 200-plus, playing because Bradrick Shaw can't play. So they're clearly stacked in 
loaded, and the offensive line is the offensive line, even with some bangs. So, so, you know, that's, that's one kind of interesting thing for this week is, is Wisconsin's O-line's a little banged up. We'll see who starts and doesn't, but uh, I, I, don't, I don't anticipate too much of a drop-off in depth for Wisconsin. And I, after the game, we'll be able to say if they're better than LSU or not, but they're, they look to be worthy of their ranking. BYU's offense through two, uh, let's call just the FBS games right now, their, their play success rate, I think, was 24% against LSU, about 46% against against Utah. You, you want to be in the 50s. Uh, to say that your offense is doing well, you want to be around or above 50% on play success rate. Do, how do you define play success rate? Play success rate is, is 40% of your yards needed on first down, at least 50% of your yards needed on second down, and then converting a third or a fourth down. That, that's a successful play. Okay. And, and LSU and, and, and Utah were in the high 50s and high 60s against BYU. So, you know, that's, uh, that, again, th- th- those are not good trends. Uh, the teams playing BYU are really staying on schedule and cooking, and BYU's just not into any rhythm right now. And so play success rate's a pretty good indicator of who's going to win the game, and it's played out in the games BYU's played against F- FBS teams so far. And, and we talked last week about, you know, statistical indicators, and, uh, you know, the big three for me, and you can pick a number of, you know, three important categories, minor average starting field position, uh, turnover margin, and third down conversion percentage. BYU won just the one category against Utah, third downs that turned out. The other two, they didn't. And if you're only winning one of three categories, you're probably not going to win the game. You may have a shot, and BYU did have a shot, got the ball late with a chance to win, but you're probably not going to win most of those games. And so those are three categories I look to because they, so many different factors play into those three numbers. Um, so I, I think they're pretty good numbers to look to and, and hold to as you move on. Greg Rebell with us in Studio B on BYU Sports Nation, previewing BYU in Wisconsin. The first time a Big Ten team has ever visited Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Yeah, back when Penn State came, that was the year before they began Big Ten competitions. That was their last year as a football independent. They'd already begun the transition into the league, but that year they played as an independent. Next year they were a full-fledged a Big Ten football member. So that was the year before they, they joined the league. So, yeah, first ever. That's pretty cool. And Michigan State will be here in a couple of years. This is a big opportunity for BYU. 17-point yeah. dog, kind of. What in what scenario do you see BYU be able to somehow win this game? Well, it's a, you know it, it's an altitude game, and in the heat of the day, I'm not sure how hot it's going to be. Actually, I think their forecast calls for some cooler weather, but it's, it's an unfamiliar spot uh, for Wisconsin. You look at Wisconsin's record; uh, they don't play a lot of true away non-conference games, especially this far away from home. And last time they came out west, uh, they, they, they lost in the mountain time zone or Pacific time zone. It's, it's, it's an interesting trip for them, an unusual trip. It's just a factor. A lot of things would have to go well for BYU to win this game, clearly. Um, uh, you know, we wonder, what does BYU do better than Wisconsin right now? And, um, you know, statistically, Wisconsin's you know, favorite in almost every single category there is. Uh, one thing BYU hasn't done yet is put the ball on the ground. They haven't lost a fumble yet. Uh, Wisconsin's lost three fumbles already, and turnover margin is, uh, is a big stat. So uh, BYU hasn't put the ball on the ground yet. Wisconsin has. Uh, a couple special teams numbers in which BYU is a little better. Uh, kickoff return defense, uh, net punt, and those play in the field position too. So, yeah, let's see. But a lot would have to go right, clearly. You're a 17-point underdog at home means you're probably playing a top-10 team, and that's what uh, Wisconsin is right now. That's exactly what's happening. All right, Greg, as with tradition, every time you come and hang out with us in Studio B, it's time for a cool thing about Canada. And as always, a bit of a caveat. Um, the word cool we use liberally. I mean, uh, <laughs> so, so, some Play, weeks... Plays into the weather up there. Some weeks it may be a kind of a cool, and some weeks it's just something about Canada. And... Uh, <laughs> We, we try and make it cool, but, you know, sometimes it's a swing and a miss. So 
we we you know we 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 love to play we love to play the hockey up in Canada, right? The yes. Hockey, yes. But we also love the curling. Mm. Okay. Yeah. One, one of my routines as a kid was putting myself in front of the TV and watching curling right before hockey night in Canada. Okay, so that was that was kind of the big Saturday night doubleheader for me. Some curling and some hockey. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. So uh, love the curling. Uh, my, my my dad was on a, on a team when I was a kid. Uh, most of the stuff we we most of our appliances in our home were things he won as a curler. Um, <laughs> so he, I'm, what I'm doing today is introducing a new word to your vocabulary. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Now. What, what do you call a bunch of teams that play a weekend of, of, of games? It's a tournament, right? It's a yeah, curling. Yes. Oh, no, no. Curling has its own term. Okay, a curling tournament is called a bonspiel. A bonspiel. Bon a bonspiel. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so, so most, of the, most of my weekends as a kid, I would be joining my dad and watch his teams play in a weekend bonspiel. So there you go. <laughs> curling tournament is a bonspiel. So bonspiel is our word of the day. B-O-N-S-P-I-E-L, bonspiel. <laughs> You'd like to use it in other settings, but it is just in curling. But see if you can fit it in. That is All right. cool because it's on ice <laughs> and it's curling. Greg, fantastic stuff. Thanks, man. All right. See you next <laughs> Wednesday. Yeah. That's amazing. Use it, again, try and slip it into other conversations. I, yeah, I yeah. will. Yeah. I'll okay. use it later in the show. I All right. Okay. We need to have a bond spiel with, uh, the, have, with yeah. a Nintendo and NBA Jam. The BYU <laughs> offense needs to have a bond spiel and get it together. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What? Tell the people what's on the way, Jerem. Coming up, a bond spiel of tweets. <laughs> there you go. BYU in danger of an 8 season. That's regular how we do it. season, we'll discuss. All right. But first, Bobby Boucher impersonator? Kairos Tonga joins us for a two-on-one BYU football all-access. All about the neck pad, man. I'm molting! BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision. Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. A bond spiel of things you can watch. So much bond spieling. On the interwebs. Countdown to kickoff is live Saturday at 2.30 Eastern time on BYU TV in the app. We will tell you the latest on Tanner Mangum, Ula Tolutau, and everybody. You can watch the Cougars warm up. Check it out, 2.30 Eastern Saturday as we get ready for BYU in 10th ranked Wisconsin. How about we recap some headlines now? BYU football and Wisconsin now just three days away. Kalani Sitake asked last night on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake about the prospect of facing a top-10 team in Wisconsin. Yeah, a lot of fun and, and a, a power run team, you know, so uh, big boys. They, 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 um, they, they got a lot of size up front on D-line and O-line, and they like to run the ball. So I think the starting running back got 200 yards last week, and the backup had 100. So it's, it's, good, it's a good uh, system that they run. Uh, yeah, my eyes will be watching Wisconsin's offensive run game against that BYU defensive front. Strength that's, that's on a fun strength, matchup. man. Yeah, that's a fun matchup. Former BYU linebacker Kyle Van Oy earns a $3.5 million signing bonus after signing his two-year contract extension with the New England Patriots. Cha-ching! Yeah, Kyle, we're going to need some swag uh, for Studio B. <laughs> I'll take a twenty dollar bill. I'll take. I'll take lunch. Whatever. Maverick Buffo named to Baseball America's rookie level All Star team after finishing the season with a five and one record, point five three earned run average. Now, for those that don't know what ERA is, that's the amount of runs you give up per nine innings pitched. Point five three. 36 strikeouts, Amazing. 34 innings pitched. He also earned recognition as Minor League Player of the Month for August. And BYU women's golf finished 11th at the Minnesota Invitational. Kendra Dalton led the team at one over, tied for 26th. 
you just can't say Minnesota without saying I can't. Minnesota. Wisconsin. It's it's especially this week, right? Yeah, there, there's a guy in uh, my neighborhood from Wisconsin, so I like to do oh, so. I like to do the accent in front of him. This a little is your bit. accent day, I guess. You've gone from Minnesota to Wisconsin to Brooklyn. What, where are we going next, man? I don't know. Ty in San Antonio. What was that? What did we just play? I have no idea. <laughs> Kairos Tonga has not spoken with the media until yesterday. And in True BYU Sports Nation form, we had to go two-on-one first with the guy that is wearing the neck pad in the middle for BYU's defensive line. BYU football all access with the beast, Kairos Tonga. Kairos, I don't think there is a member of the BYU football staff that has not referenced your name and then in the next few sentences said beast, okay? So I don't know if you're cool with that nickname or with them saying that, but how do you feel about being called a beast by your coaches? Um, if, I, I like it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm down for any name, but uh, beast is fun. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your story. You you committed to maybe even signed with Utah, and then there's a coaching change, and you end up at BYU. How did that all uh, play out? Yeah, uh, I was originally supposed to go to the University of Utah. Um, uh, Kalani and Toyaki were there, and um, I, I went on my mission, and things fell into place. I, I found out that Kalani was going to BYU, and they've they've been a huge part of my life, a huge help. Uh, to my family and especially with me, uh, so it just felt right to to be here with with BYU and I'm here and it's been the greatest decision. So, what was it like to play against Utah last Saturday night, given your background? Yeah, it was it was fun. It was fun to to go. A lot of the boys uh, grew up with in Salt Lake, so it was fun to to go out with with the boys here and, and to play play our hardest. Um, it it didn't end up like what we were hoping for, but uh, we definitely have fun and uh, working hard for the next one. So. You missed some of fall camp. How are you feeling now that you're into the season and you've been playing and playing a lot? Yeah, um, adjusting. I still have a lot to learn. Um, I'm grateful for the, the players in my position like Kesney and Handsome and, and Vita. Uh, definitely helping out a lot. Uh, so I'm, I'm learning every day. So it's been good. Why did you feel like you needed to be with Coach Satake. Like, what, what makes him a great recruiter and, and makes him great for BYU? Um, he's just, um, I know for, with him, it's, it's football is, it's not everything to him. There's more, it's more to, more to life, just like what his foundation is. He's just been helping a ton. He, he loves us and he cares for us and you can really feel his love. Um, I, the, the day, the first day I met him, um, it's been, Nothing but love for him and towards my family, so it's been great. You wear the neck roll, which isn't as common in 2017 as maybe 1993, but I, th- I think it's awesome. It only adds to the beast mentality, Yeah, right? tell us about the decision to go with the neck roll. Um, I started, I was like hurting my shoulder a lot, so they, they gave me a neck roll, and at first I, well, all the boys were making fun of me. <laughs> off like water boy and everything, but it's been, it's been helpful, so. It's been fun. It's I can't really see, but it's, it's okay. <laughs> so you can't really get your head back, right? It's just kind of straight up. Yeah, it's, it's straight up. But I like it. It's it's helping me out. 
There are some Bobby Boucher-like qualities that would yes. be important, right? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Kyrus, this is your, your first interview as a formal interview as a BYU football player. Um, what what do you think about all of this and being in the spotlight? Uh, that's cool. That's cool. You want to pose for the camera? <laughs> no. no, that's not my thing, no. no. You you made a, a really nice tackle for loss against LSU in the red zone. You you batted a ball down uh, against Utah, which in slow motion, you know, it's like right through your hands and right there. What has been your favorite play so far this season that you've been able to be a part of? Um, I can't really narrow down to a, a single play. I, I'm just grateful that I get to go out and and have fun with with these boys. It's it's amazing to be here. Um, if, if I'm not very getting much playing time, that's okay with me. It's just it's fun being here and grateful to play the sport that I love. What do you anticipate with uh, the matchup against 10th-ranked Wisconsin in Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Saturday? Uh, we know it's going to be a tough game. We know they're, they're um, a great team, but we definitely know that we're a great team as well. So we're just, just going to continue to do uh, – just continue to work hard and, and play our hardest and leave it all in the field. Wisconsin, always known for its great offensive lines, uh, its great running backs. What kind of challenge is this for the defensive line specifically? I think just we're going to continue to to be stout uh, in the trenches, just continue to, to play with our hands and um, and be powerful. Uh, our coaches, we're lifting every single day, so we're, we're continuing to get stronger and stronger every single day. So uh, hopefully that pays off um, during the game. What's your number one responsibility on the defensive line? Like if Coach Tuiaki were to say to you face-to-face, Kay, the most important thing you do is this, what would it be? Mm, make a play. Okay. Make a play. I'll do my job. Um, if it's taking up double team, take the double team up and but definitely make a play. Do you like that? Do you like being double teamed? <laughs> no, no <laughs> I, don't love, I don't like it. But it's, it comes with the position, so it's fun. What's it like being the second biggest guy on the team? Everyone knows who the biggest guy is. Yeah. Are you the second biggest? Um, there's some big boys on the team. I think I'm the second heaviest for sure. <laughs> so it's 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 cool. Uh, I don't really we don't really get treated as royalty or anything. Mo Mo's is huge, but I'm normal size compared to normal size or close to it. Yeah, let's look at the three of us right now and <laughs> s- compare the normal size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Well. How, what is your relationship with Mo Longy like? And I mean, and you're both kind of. I mean, you're a freshman; he's a freshman, but obviously he hasn't had the football backdrop that you have. So, what, what's that like with him? Um, it's it's actually been good. It's a good relationship. When he first came in, um, I was straight off my mission, and it's been about four and a half years since I played football. And he was coming straight off his mission; hasn't played football at all. So, it's been it's been fun to to learn with him and to grow and to to see his. His love for the sport continues to grow as well. So, but he's getting better and better each day. So he's working hard. What do you love more than football? My family. <laughs> My mom. <laughs> How many siblings do you have? Uh, I have six siblings: three brothers and three sisters. Where do you fit? I'm second youngest. Second youngest. Oh, so that's where it's at. That's where I am. Yeah. Too. So did that, uh, you know, help you being the second youngest, gain some toughness with the being a younger sibling? Um. Yeah, they they ended up being shorter than me, but they're they're always hard on us. But it's it's a good thing, so I'm grateful. What's your favorite part of football? Favorite part of football? 
Um, I think just hitting. Hitting is fun. That's the best part. Or being with the team, having fun, laughing. It's a good answer. You know, you're a very happy, uh, kind, approachable character right here. I would not want to line up against you on the football field. Yeah. Neither of us combined. <laughs> <laughs> no, y'all got it. <laughs> We're a bunch of kickers over here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kyrus, thanks for the time, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Kyrus Tonga, BYU freshman, serious question. Would our combined weight equal Kyrus Tonga? I think it's pretty close. I think we're over by 10 or 20 pounds. <laughs> I'm just only, doing, I'm doing only the math. Only 10 or 20 pounds. I'm doing the math in my head real quick. I'm not going to stand there real way. I think we did. No, we did a couple weeks ago. Oh, how we, have your expectations? probably add up 350. <laughs> expectations changing for the BYU football season. Of more your tweets. Plus, we need to whip it, don't we, at some point? Later, yeah. Okay, later. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hanging out in Studio B, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live on your television and radio. Day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play with us. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Right after the show at 1 p.m. Eastern time, if you missed after further review, what? After further review last night. All of those accents are finally combining together. A dog licked Dave McCann's hand, and it warmed him. (laughs) Coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern time, they break down the BYU-Utah game and preview BYU versus Wisconsin. How about Greg Rubel calling you out as Gilbert Godfrey? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Love it. Has there been a greater greater parrot in animation? The most underrated comedian in his time, (laughs) Gilbert Godfrey. Really? Get a rebound. <laughs> How have your expectations for the 2017 BYU football season changed? <laughs> Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. Throw it down, big man, please. <laughs> At Tavita underscore Mac. Well, I expected a quarterback to throw for 3,000 yards, and after three games, that expectation is out the window. Have you seen the back half of BYU's schedule? Have you seen the back half of BYU schedule? I got to do some math now. With, Come on. With Manor Tangum. Now, if Tanner Mangum is healthy and can play all of the games, how many yards would that require? He ain't healthy. So that is also thrown into the mix. However, thrown? We need more of that. Yes. BYU. You would have to throw for 253 a game, assuming he's playing every game. Could he throw for 253 a game against the majority of that back half? Look at the teams. The offensive scheme would need to change, I think. Look at the teams on a that bit. schedule. It's not out of the – I wouldn't say it's out of the window, but the way that BYU's play doesn't lend itself to the idea that that's likely. Yes, it's unlikely, but it's out unlikely. the window, like completely gone? Out the window would Whoa, mean – Whoa, it's just yeah. too fast. It's too fast to say that. At Bourge Tire. My expectations have gone down from 94 to 6 and 7. Sorry, what? I don't think we will win any Furious 5 games. 6 and 7? Oh, we're not winning. Now that is the that is the blue goggle. 6 and 7 on the negative side of which things. Which we haven't really played much. This has been like an overly positive thing. It can be overly negative. We want to inform you of the the blue goggle doctrine. 6 and 7. 6 and 7. No, BYU's going to a bowl game, people. BYU's going PSA, Fury's going to a bowl game. It's going to happen. <laughs> it will. Have you seen that defense? 
<laughs> Dang it, Spencer, we're going to a bowl game. I can promise you that. Can we discuss the schedule just for a moment? Me? With Ty? Okay. Just or let's me. Say, let's say me? worst case okay. scenario. I don't, know, I don't know who. Worst case Gilbert scenario. Gilbert Godfrey, who are you talking to? Whoever you want to channel, okay? Worst case scenario. I'm just going to call out the remaining teams on the schedule. And you give me, like, like very conservative approach, okay? Yes. Okay. Okay. Wisconsin. Loss. Okay, so be Lo- one Excuse me. Loss. Utah State. Win. Two and three. Okay. Boise State. Hopefully a win. Okay. But if it's, uh, if it's really conservative. Well, conservative would be a loss. Two and four. Okay. At Mississippi State. I would say a loss, conservative. Okay. okay. Two, two and five. And then the rest are wins. East Carolina. They're terrible. Win. They're so bad. Okay. San Jose State. Win. UNLV. Uh, Howard beat UNLV. Win. <laughs> I think Timpy might be able to beat UNLV. I, I mean, these are not world beaters we're talking yeah. about. UMass. Uh, win. Over fellow independent. And can BYU beat either Fresno State or Hawaii? Let, turn at the camera and give them the face you're giving me. <laughs> it's it's not like the pain of the St. Mary's face, but it's like a flabbergasted. But you're telling me BYU yeah. cannot win seven games? BYU's winning seven games. And that let's say let's say Bo Hodge is the guy. I still think BYU is winning those games. One hundred percent yes. I don't care who the quarterback is. Yeah. BYU's defense is good enough against that schedule to win seven games. Yeah, it's it's an eight-plus situation, but eight would be a disappointment. Now, when an injury happens, things change. And there, uh, Ula Tolotau missed a lot of fall camp. Like, I, is he 100% after that game? I'm, I'm hoping he's feeling good. At Nails 21 I expected 11 wins. Now I expect 10. Every expected remaining 11. game, wow. I think he's adding a bowl game in there. Oh, okay. Every remaining game no. is winnable with this defense. Now the defense can keep you in it. Yeah, I agree with that. Hey, coming up, a former Cougar is an all-star. All-star! as generic as it gets. We'll tell you coming up. That's actually a good tease, though, because I'm like, who and what sport? <laughs> and you know already, but you forgot. Straight cash, homie. <laughs> <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guest, Greg Rebell, <laughs> Bon Spielman, Bon Spiel, <laughs> and BYU freshman defensive lineman, the Beast, Kyrus Toma. Bobby Boucher, what? With the neck pad, the neck roll, whatever you want to call it. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up this week, Robbie Bosco, Brian Billick, and Dennis Pitta. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. BYU football continues preparation for Saturday's game against Wisconsin. Countdown to kickoff is live at 2.30 Eastern Saturday. Cougars in the NFL. Former BYU linebacker Kyle Van Noy earns a $3.5 million signing bonus after inking his two-year contract extension with the New England Football Patriots. Cougars in the minors. Maverick Buffalo is named Baseball America's rookie-level all-star team after finishing the season with a 5-1 record, a 0.53 ERA, and 36 Ks in 34 innings pitched. He also earned recognition as in the Minor League Player of the Month for August. Volleyball. Taylor Sander had 16 kills and an ace. Ben Patch, 12 kills and a U.S. loss to Iran in five sets at the FIVB World Grand Championships. Golf. The women's team finished 11th at the Minnesota Invitational. Kendra Dalton led the BYU women's golf team, finishing in a tie for 26th at one over. 
Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Goes to Kairos Tonga, a.k.a. Bobby Boucher, for wearing the neck roll. He said that his shoulders were getting hurt, so now he's got the neck roll, and now he can be straight cash homie on the D-line. He's making the neck roll cool again. Yes, he is. He's a big fella. So it's an intimidating just... sight. I'm oh. like, just the neck roll. Oh. I, I'm surprised that more people don't wear it just to kind of freak people out. It's like when you play pickup ball and dude comes with a mouthpiece and like the elbow pad. You're like, oh no, this guy's gonna rough me up. Like <laughs> when homie comes with neck pad, you're like, this guy came to play. He's serious. He came to he came to get paid after college. Beast mode. Yes. With the neck roll. Yes. How have your expectations for the 2017 BYU football season changed? Let's go to the Twitter machine. You've got tweets. At Hot Wings 85, I just want BYU to get through the season without any catastrophic injuries at this point. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I wouldn't say the, the current one feels catastrophic, but it's, it's significant. Right? Mm. It's, there's a huge question about Tanner Mangum's status right now. At Talk to Boyd, quest for perfection to quest for mediocrity. Okay. Let's scare Wisconsin and Mississippi State and win the rest. Be good by a bowl game and win it. Yeah, that's what Gregor Bell said. The goal should be get to a bowl game, win the bowl game. See bowl, win bowl. At Laser Sheep, offensive slump and possible missed time from Tanner Mangum has impacted my expectations. I'm thinking seven to eight wins, but hopeful for more. Yeah. That's a pretty fair outlook, right? Hope and expectations. Yeah. Hope. And expectations very different. Listen, the hope is that BYU goes nine and four. I'm expecting BYU to go eight and five. The way the offense is playing, status of Tanner Mangum up in the air, blah blah blah. That's where I'm at. Send in your tweets, hashtag BYUSN. That's the beauty of it. You can do it whenever you feel like it. Our elite tweet of the day from Matt Kiwi Jackman. Me like a the Cougars. They will win the game. They will win the bowl. Sometimes they win lots of games and bowl. This time they just win bowl. Okay. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. That's how it was written, okay? That's how it was written. Shout out to Dan Urbina. (laughs) We're back tomorrow. We'll see you on After Further Review after this.